This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Right now, we're going to talk some tennis. A little bit of Wimbledon is uh, at the moment. It's not just been Joey Chestnut doing all the chewing this morning. Nick Kyrgios' jaw has been very busy, busy too at the All England Club Wimbledon. To the Aussies' credit, though, he's putting it all together this year and through to the quarterfinals. Never lost a five-set match here. So, um, you know, honestly, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, you know, I've, I've been here before, I've done it before, and, and I came through again. I'm just going to put my... I need, I need a glass of wine for sure tonight. <laughs> for sure. So. Man, he's got some... Chat, doesn't he? Once Nick <laughs> sobers up, he'll face Christian Gein with a chance to make a Wimbledon semi-final. Right now, Rafa Nadal is cruising away with his with it in his fourth-round matchup, looking locked in as always. Blair Henley is a broadcaster, journalist, and all things tennis, and she's been good enough to join us now. Morning, Blair. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Very well. Thank you so much for joining us, Rafa. Looking, making easy work of it at the moment, isn't he? Listen, Rafa looks great. What's interesting is he did not look fantastic in his first couple of matches. He's made some adjustments in the last two, flattened the ground strokes out a little bit. He's looking very dangerous. And most importantly, his footwork looks great. We were all a little worried about the state of that ankle. It's looking quite good at this point, guys. What about Nick Kyrgios and all the comments he's been making there? How are the public taking to him? And do we think that he's probably going to... You know, if he comes out on top, man, that's going to be a story, in it? Listen, we Nick Kyrgios has a better <laughs> chance of getting through Rafa and Novak winning this whole thing than we do of understanding Nick Kyrgios. He is <laughs> such a mystery. The guy, listen, he, he's played some incredible tennis so far. He's said a lot of the right things in press. He admitted today, he's like, I, I have a huge chip on his shoulder. And he sure does. He has this feeling that, People are wanting him to fail or waiting for him to fail when I actually think it's the complete opposite. I think the reason people have such strong feelings about Nick is because we want to see him do well. He's so entertaining. He's so incredibly talented. We want to see that week in and week out. And that's why he draws such frustration when you see that other side of Nick Kyrgios. But so far, today was businesslike against Brandon Nakashima. If he can keep that up, who knows? Could we see him in a final? Does does he get into their heads? I know he got into Sitsipas's head and uh, obviously took him off this game. But if he faces the Nadals and Djokovic with so much um, experience, do you feel like he could upset them and unrattle them? 
he's actually had a history of doing that just a little mm. bit to Rafa Nadal. We've seen it in a couple of their past matches. Uh, he's played Rafa more than any other member of the big three. And we've seen it just a little bit. And again, Rafa is incredibly businesslike on the court. Uh, Nick has not been shy about the fact that he doesn't love Novak Djokovic. And <laughs> we've seen Novak Djokovic have some of those mental hiccups on the court in terms of dealing with the crowd and and some of the outside factors so absolutely i think nick can get in anyone's head just because the players are not used to dealing with that sort of thing on the tennis court no look i hope nick gets there i think it'd be great um theater for everybody just to listen to it what about um Iga swartek being knocked off by the french woman uh elise cornet in the in her uh, streak ending she's something special isn't she Oh my goodness. Uh, what Iga Sviantek has done this year has been record setting in every way. And, and one of the things it, it's been talked about now, she has had a sports psychologist on her team from the very beginning. So as she started seeing that success, sometimes we see a drop off in players after they win that first slam. They really don't know what to do with the fact that they have eyeballs on them. Iga has adjusted to that really well, and we've seen the results of that this year. You knew the streak was going to end eventually. Elise Cornet is a, a giant killer. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to back it up today, losing to Isla Tomjanovic, uh, who hails from Australia, though though uh, of Croatian descent. So uh, <laughs> Elise Cornet can beat just about anyone. And the women's side, mate, there's some, there's some interesting new names coming through. Obviously, Amanda and Nancy Morva, and then you had Harmony Tan, who obviously beat Serena in the, in the first round, and she progressed but ended her uh, Wimbledon uh, tournament just this morning against Amanda. But, mate, like, who, who, who's looking at to being the favourites in, in the women's draw? Who, who are you thinking is going to go forward and really progress and take this out? Well, a former champion at Wimbledon, Simona Halep, is still in the draw, mm. and she dominated Paula Badosa earlier today, 6-1, 6-2. Badosa's the number four seed. Uh, so I think right now, perhaps for the fact that she has the experience alone, Simona Halep is maybe looking like the favorite. But you mentioned Amanda Anisimova, the American. She was close to breaking into the top 20 back in 2019, had a, a really tragic story. Her father, who was also her coach, passed away before the U.S. Open that year, and it really sort of derailed her upward trajectory. We're seeing it again, though. This year, she's made the round of 16 of the first two slams. She's now into the quarters, and she has enough power to possibly take the racket out of Simona Halep's hands. So I would be very interested to see Halep and Isimova in the women's quarterfinals. Hey, Blair, we're going to head out into the left field here. I'm just going to ask you a question. Um, I don't know if you've followed the LIV golf stuff that's going on and yeah. every, everyone that's, you know, the Greg Norman taking people over there. And, of course, you've got the Saudis being big in the uh, EPL in England. What about the tennis? Is there talk uh, around the table about something like the LIV and the Saudis maybe putting a pitch towards those tennis players to try and create their own comp? I'll tell you guys, not not that I know of. There are always, thing, always things going on behind the scenes, but there's tennis over in the Middle East right now. You have you know, there are events in Doha and Dubai, and every year in Abu Dhabi, and and that's the Abu Dhabi event is an exhibition, and so obviously players are getting money to go over there and play. It's usually at the end of December each year, and and that has has made some headlines in the past as well, just because, for the exact same reason. The players are getting money to go over and entertain essentially so there there aren't rumors of a sort of rival tour to the atp 
But I think that <laughs> there's money and they love their sports. And I think that they're always going to be sort of uh, <laughs> those two things are going to intersect. From an administrative point of view, it's not like tennis has been uh, kind of out of the drama this year, especially Wimbledon, Blair. So I'd love to ask you, I mean, with what was going on, the war in uh, Ukraine, uh, so Russian uh, and it was Belarusian athletes, wasn't it? They were uh, barred barred from playing. Uh, We'll go back further. Novak Djokovic, at some stage, it didn't look like he was going to be able to play. Andy Murray was very vocal. And I know there was probably a a couple of rice smiles when he was dumped out and Novak is still here. So there was a lot of drama before the fact when we got to Wimbledon. Now the tournament is going and we see everybody in their whites and the pims and the strawberries and cream and all that stuff. Has there been any mention of that or has it just been tennis business as usual? I think it's there was certainly more talk before the tennis started at SW19. I think now that the action is happening, it's maybe taken a little bit of pressure off that side of things. But <laughs> there's no shortage of drama in tennis. There have been several positive COVID cases from, from high-profile players, Matteo Berrettini, Roberto Bautista Agut, Marin Cilic. That's been a bit of a headline at Wimbledon <laughs> once the play actually started. But in terms of the the Russian and Belarusian players not playing, I think it was a much bigger headline before the action started. Hey, Blair, crowds seem to be back too. You know, we're watching it down here in New Zealand on TV. We see massive crowds outside in the stadium looking at the big screen. Uh, The the fans and like the COVID situation that you're talking about, no one's too worried about just getting back to life as normal? That's certainly what it appears to be. I'm not there on the grounds. I have been at some big events, though, this year. Indian Wells, for instance. That was one of the first big events that I felt like seemed completely normal. Back to business as usual, as you say. So, yes, there is this risk. I think we saw even Rafa Nadal has been taking some precautions after those positive tests. Uh, After news of those made headlines, you see him signing autographs with a mask on. So it's up to players to take the precautions that that they feel is best for them and best for their team. And and listen, nobody wants to get a positive test after you've made it to the quarters or the semis of a Grand Slam event. So it's up to the players to decide how comfortable they are. But in terms of the fans, they certainly seem to be walking around the grounds uh, like we're, we're back to life as usual. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, we're going to have to let you go, Blair. We really appreciate you coming on the Izzy and Kempi for Breakfast Show. Quickly, before we let you go, who wins it, men's and women's? <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm going to go Nick Curios. Nick Curios yeah. on the men's side. Yes. And uh, I'm going to say Simona Halep does it on the women's side. Simona Halep and Nick Curios. Oh. That's a great Cornella. <laughs> That's a great There you go. I'm going to go check the odds on that one, and uh, we'll let you know if it comes in. Thank you very much, Blair. Appreciate your time, as always, and uh, we'll get back on soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Very good. Blair Henley. Great question, Louis, because obviously there's a lot of um, disruption in the build-up coming into this uh, Wimbledon, and then kind of haven't really heard much about it. But then, obviously, with the ATP, they took away the points, didn't they? from this event so that have you felt like that's had an effect on it well honestly not no that's why i was Mm. asking like naomi osaka isn't there and she kind of made a pithy comment while it kind of feels like a um it just feels like a festival it doesn't even feel or an exhibition match because there's no points tied to it and Mm. if you so we're literally just playing for prize money and prestige 
which is enough for the bulk of them. No Medvedev on the men's side. Very yeah. disappointing. Uh, Kashinov. There are some seriously uh, impressive athletes that aren't there. But with all the drama, and we spoke about it way before Roland Garros was on, we've been talking a lot of tennis this year, just probably because the time zone we're in with Breakfast Radio, it's always on. Mm. Since it started... No, it's just been fantastic. This like this Wimbledon has been really, really good. There's been storylines galore. You've got Novak Djokovic tomorrow against Jan Sinner. That game is going to be a rip snorter. Uh, Sinner will give it to Djokovic. You've got Goffin and Cameron Norrie. Now, Cameron Norrie played for New Zealand. He was a junior Kiwi, and he's in the quarterfinal. He now represents uh, Britain, and he's the last British player left there. Uh, you'll have Nick Kyrgios versus Garin in the quarterfinal. I think Nick can win that one. And then he'll go on to play the winner of probably Rafa Nadal, Taylor Fritz. We're expecting Rafa to progress. On the women's side of things, you've still got some proper big names as far as um, the yeah the women's quarterfinals goes. As, as she said, Anna Samova and Simona Halep, they're probably the pick. That's probably where you'd be looking at the winner at this mm-hmm. stage. But... The tennis itself has kind of spoken for itself. And, Kempi, that's kind of what always happens with sporting events. We always talk about it, but then once it gets going... So remember, remember the Olympics last year? The Olympics, it was so dramatic, uh, it wasn't going to happen. Once it was going. No one even mentioned going. <laughs> nah, that's exactly... Well, you know, like, these these iconic events, is a, you know, be good to sort of put a bucket list together. Maybe we should do that one day on the show, put a bucket list of probably the, the 10 sports around the world, iconic sports around the world that you would like to go and visit. And Wimbledon would have to be on your list. You know, I, I remember as a kid coming um, through when I first went to England when I was 17, I, like, I played tennis on a, on a concrete court down outside the high school, you know, and I knew about Wimbledon when I was a kid. You know, never ever seen it, never ever heard about it until I got to England. And then you watch it for years, it's got to be in, in your top 10 bucket list. Oh, it has to be. It has to be. I, I think of the, the great events, first things that come to mind, Wimbledon, Masters. you got the Masters, and then... What about the Ryder Cup? The Ryder Cup. Yep, the Ryder Cup, the Super Bowl. Mate, you think of the FIFA World Cup final. Mate, there's just so many... The Rumble in the Jungle. The, the Rumble in the Jungle. Like, you just think of Imagine being around events. then. What is the most prestigious, though? What is the most prestigious? If you think of tennis, is it Wimbledon or is it French? Uh, Wimbledon. Mate, it's like the Cox yeah. played all the Arc de Triomphe. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's you'd have to say the Cox played. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a good question, is he? I don't, I don't, I'm not too sure. I, but I think Wimbledon, because it comes with the... the uh, Oh, you know, it's got that royal tinge to it, doesn't it? It's all know, white. It's, it's, gotta it's, wear your dress, yeah. you gotta wear your suit, you yeah. gotta just look. Very smack. clean looking, though. You, you know, mm. very clean looking. Like, I've been watching it since, um, since they they kicked off Serena. Obviously, the boys are watching Serena lose, and she doesn't look like she's up to it these days. But, you know, it's very clean looking. There does, there's no rubbish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some chat from Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> I reckon he, I reckon he's the only colourful person that plays at that tournament. Well, you can't bottle him, and that's why you love him. Um, wh- what do you think of Nick Kyrgios? 0800 150 811. Are you team Nick Kyrgios? I said the other day that, for me, and I'm not kidding, he's genuinely on my Mount Rushmore of living Australians. 100%. Nick Curious, give us a call, like... mate. Me and Izzy will take you out for a beer. <laughs> oh, mate. I'll probably end up feeling 20 times worse as I feel today. Um, mate, uh, oh, that, that's a good question, Louis, because from the outside looking in, you actually think he's a twat. You know, you think he's a twat, he's a sport brat, but then, 
Hey, he's actually good for tennis because he makes you want to watch. He makes you want to go and watch, turn the TV on and watch Nick Kyrgios and have a game because you just don't know what to expect. And, the unexpected. And, and honestly, he actually makes sense. A lot of what he's saying, he's actually right, but, the, but he's just got a reputation. And when you've got a reputation, it's so hard to shake. He was so right the other day. If that was him that hit that ball into the crowd, boom, gone, evicted. See you later. <laughs> Good luck at the US <laughs> Open Championship. See you later. Um, but because it was Sitsipas, and you know, and, and so I, I really like him. But what do you think of him? And then the other one, what goes on your bucket list? Royal Ascot in the Kentucky Derby, double eight, double three. Text coming through already. Uh, for me, Las Vegas. Vegas, Formula One. Oh, Vegas. <laughs> hey, Izzy, hey, I, I remember getting sat down by the coach at the end of one season at Newcastle, and this is the Nick Curios thing, and he goes, we need to talk about you and the referees. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, they don't like you, all right? They don't like they don't like you, and you give away too many penalties, and it hurts our team. You, you have to change what you're doing. And that thing that Louis just said about Nick Curios, mate, he just has to open his gob. And they just go, nah, mate. You know, of course you're going to be the only one evicted. You don't that. spray the refs there. Oh, mate, I was t- honestly, no, nah, I didn't. I didn't. I was terrible. I was terrible. <laughs> 21 minutes past 7 o'clock. What are your sporting events that you just have to go to? Wimbledon has to be on the bucket list. And then 0800-150-811. Tennis fans, love them, hate them, don't care. Nick Karios, you must care. Come on, get in touch with us. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Kempy's off the back fence after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.